Yeah, we continue on the Thursday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Auction Community Studios. Suns lose to the Lakers. First time that's happened in a long time. Suns gripping a little bit. Lakers trying to fight for a uh, playoff positioning and uh, here to talk about it with uh, us about the NBA from ESPN. Ramona Shelburne joins us on the Arizona Sports Line. Ramona, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Good. Um, kind of an exercising of the demons last night for the Lakers. And, you know, the whole cast of characters wasn't there for either team, but it had to feel good for them to, to finally get a win against the Suns, a team that's had their number. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I always look at all of these lenses through, like, um, potential matchups at this stage in the season, right? Um, and I, you know, I, I, I'm, I think the Suns are in a position where they, they're probably. I don't know. We want to say they're locked into that four. Not quite. I think they could probably move up to two or three, but they'd have to get hot right here at the end. Mm -hmm. But um, this is like, this is something you could see in the playoffs. If the Lakers get in and they they go through that play-in tournament, like this is, these are the kind of series that we could see in the first round. And it's like, I'm I'm still looking at that West, guys. And it's like, right now, if Phoenix is in the four spot and the Clippers stay in the five, that's your first round matchup. Yeah. What? You know, the Clippers yeah. and in the first round? <laughs> I mean, what? But, right, and, and, and that looked like a, the two heavyweights you could have easily seen in a conference final in the first round, but now Paul George is hurt. And, you know, I think if you notice, it looked like he escaped a really serious injury, but if you notice the release, you know, he'll be reevaluated in two to three weeks. That doesn't necessarily mean he'll be back in two to three weeks, right? So mm-hmm. that's not a guarantee you make it back for the first round of the playoffs. But, um it is going to be like all of these are potential like these are potential matchups in the first round, second round of the Western Conference that I, I don't know. I mean, is there is there any team that you would say, yes, I definitely think they're gonna get there or they're no. gonna each of these best? No. no, never seen anything like it. Yeah. So how would you how would you handicap the Suns' chances if and when KD comes back fully healthy, knowing what you know, and, and more importantly, knowing that that Chris Paul is starting to show some age, and uh, obviously that was inevitable, but it's I don't think anybody can deny that now. How, how do you like them with a healthy KD? You know what's funny? I I really really like them. I, I the two teams that I like the most in the Western Conference right now are the Suns. And the Warriors, and that sounds crazy that I would say the Warriors, but I, I just feel you know, they're the defending champs. They're gonna get, uh, they're gonna get Gary Payton Jr. back here in, a, in sometime in the next week or so. It sounds like it sounds like he's he's going in a good direction, so he comes back. They, they're still hopeful they get Andrew Wiggins back at some point during the regular season. It's gonna take him a little while to find his rhythm. So I think for the war, you know, the Suns and the Warriors to me have the. The Suns, because of their talent, the Warriors, because of their talent and experience, to me, are the, the teams I feel the best about. But, you know, I, I don't know. With Phoenix, like, do we have this idea that it's just going to all work seamlessly when Kevin comes back? And it's all going to just work out because they're so smart and they know how to play together? I don't know. I think it will take a little bit of, a little bit of time. <laughs> it's going to take a little, a little bit of playing together for them to get it. But, um, you know, to me, they... Uh, the, the those two teams are 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 the class of the Western Conference in terms of um, uh, in terms of experience and talent, and that's and that's saying something because you know they're right now they're four and six 
in the fifties. Yeah, uh, Ramona Shelburne from ESPN, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, we, we've talked about this. I'd love to get your thoughts on it too, because you spent you know some time breaking down some Western Conference contenders and the team that's yeah. been atop the, the conference for most of the year and have had virtually a, a drama free run at it is the Denver Nuggets. They could have a three time MVP in Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Yet nobody seems to be given any respect or flowers to the, the the Denver Nuggets right now. Why do you think that is, Ramona? I think they're in sort of prove it mode. They, they remind me a little of the Bucks a couple of years ago, where before they won, right? Which is like, okay, you guys have had um, a really good. Um, you guys have had a really good year, um, but you know, Giannis had won two MVPs in a row, and it, because they 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 lost in the second round of the playoffs in the bubble, and the way they lost, it was kind of. I think there was a sort of you know we'll wait until they they win, and they certainly could win. I just think. Um, the team, like to me, Denver is a team that has that they're benefiting from lack of injuries, but also they're benefiting from having been together the, for a number of years and kind of knowing how to play. And I, I think they're really good. You know, like I think to me, Denver would not shock me at all if they come out of the West and they win it all. And that's a testament to their to their lineup, to their depth. Because like when you look at Denver this year, like this is not their Denver team of old. They have so much more depth this uh-huh. year. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, great signing for them. Um, Bruce Brown, like they have so much more depth on the perimeter. They have so much more, they have so many more guys to rely on. And it, it's not just Jokic. Not to mention you have Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray who are healthy again. So it wouldn't surprise me, but they're a team that they, they, until they do it, we're gonna you, we're not going to look at them with sure. that favorite status. And I think they're fine with that. I think they understand, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. I want to ask you about NBA officiating, Ramona, because last yeah. few games, Monty Williams has kind of really gone there after the games, and Fred Van Vliet went there hard, and and Luca made the money gesture last night to the officials. At what point in time does Adam Silver go, okay, this isn't working. We have got to stop this relentless complaining on the court. What? How? How would you categorize this issue, and what should be done about it? No, it's hard because, like, I think everything is everything in our world is so much more public. Like everything you and I say on the radio, right? Everything that we say, you know, just walking around a press room, like you just have this constant microscope on everything. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I don't really think officiating is any different than it's always been. I just think there's so much more attention being paid to it because everything is under the microscope at all times. That makes sense. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think they're worse than they ever were. I don't think they're better than they ever were. Like, I think it's the same. I think there's human error in the, in embedded in officiating. And I think they're they're for the most part, they get them all right. I think there are some refs that, um, you know, are, are, should, should be, should not be in the spotlight they are. There's, you know, some, some younger refs like that. The other game with the, I know the Mavs game last night yeah. was, was a big spotlight on that because Mark Cuban made it a spotlight. There was one, I think, two nights ago with the Clippers and the Thunder. Uh, Kawhi Leonard got teed up, which Kawhi never gets teed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was, that was odd. And then, Terrence Mann got upset that Kawhi got teed up, and they end up losing. And, and Terrence Mann got ejected. And if you know Terrence, that's very uncharacteristic. And it turns out the official went over to Kawhi later and said, "Yeah, I missed that call." Right. So like, in, so he gives him a tee, but then he later says, "I missed the call." And ejects that's the other brutal. guy. That's brutal. And they lose a game one hundred one to one hundred. Yeah. I mean, it's it, you know, there's there's so how much do I separate? 
right now from the historical average of bad calls or maybe a bad ref here and there or somebody who doesn't understand their role. I, I, I think it's always the same. I just think there's more attention being paid to it because of the nature of our media environment. Does that make sense? You know, and I, and I, I think if you ask, you know, like any coach in the league will say, oh, it's terrible, right? Yeah. <laughs> Coaches always feel that way with the refs. But I, I just think it's a it's a spotlight, and we're looking at it right now. Well, and we're looking at it, too, because there was three games last night where there was major <laughs> officiating yeah. issues that, that might have uh, had uh, an effect on the outcome of games. But we'll see if it gets better. Ramona, thanks so much for uh, joining us. As always, we appreciate it.